California's public schools are as diverse as the state of California. We know that there's gaps. We have seen those over time. It's hard when you're working to implement something that's still being designed. I think now it's like real, right? This just got real. Join us on a journey into school communities, big and small, to discover how educators in California are tackling issues of equity and school improvement. This is... This is... This is the California School Field Trip. A podcast brought to you by the California Collaborative for Educational Excellence. I'm your host, Anna Tentakoulis, CCEE Senior Manager of Communications. Happy New Year! Indeed, Happy New Year. 2019 is shaping up to be a big year in education. The state of California has a new governor who's committed to early education and higher education. We also have a new superintendent of public instruction who takes the reins just as the state's new school accountability system also takes shape. This is a big year for the CCEE2, as our statewide agency more clearly defines its role in helping counties and school districts improve. Now, just to recap, CCEE is a new kind of statewide agency that was created to help strengthen California's public school system by making local control work. We do that largely through our role within the state's system of support. This is an entirely new support structure that provides as many resources and supports as possible to counties and districts so that together we can improve teaching and learning for each and every student. So to ring in the new year, let's hear from CCEE's Executive Director, Tom Armolino, who in this segment explains how the CCEE is committed to being a trusted partner for county offices of education and the LEAs they serve. We see ourselves as collaborators. Um, And so part of our job is to bring our collective energies, our talents, our experiences, working collaboratively with county offices, other agencies, other stakeholders, looking at some best practices, looking at research, and really looking at whatever folks need in order to be able to get better to serve children. Yeah, we are a key player in the system of support. It's actually a very exciting model. It's very unique. Um, California is really, I believe, on the cutting edge of trying to do the right thing. Um, And the system of support really is built around districts understanding what it is that they need to do locally their students, but then having supports around them. That started with the county office. Uh, the CCE plays a role in both at the state level, so working specifically with the State Board of Ed, the policymakers who are developing some of these uh, resources that are available to help, as well as we're a resource ourselves, working with other folks to work directly with school districts. So we kind of facilitating it. We're helping implement it, um, and then we're helping participate in it as well. Our work with districts has been multifaceted. We've done some direct work with districts, everything from differentiated assistance to our professional learning networks to some of our trainings where specifically districts come. And I think we'll still see some of that. not as much of that in the new system of support and even in some of what's um, occurred even within the last year from the governor's budget. Our work is really intended to be working with the county office to really serve a district. Um, It doesn't mean that we still can't work directly with them. Part of I think what we'd like to do is think about 
toolkits, this idea of best practices, research, those are things I think we can make specifically available to districts that any district could use some of those resources um, and that it wouldn't necessarily have to go through any agency in particular to get that, but that we would make that available to the field as a whole. Yeah, no question about it, it's a team effort. Everybody has something that they can bring, a talent or a resource that they can do, and collectively we can get this done. Um, I think, again, in the past, it's been education has been a very isolated field for many years. I've always told folks, I know when I was a teacher, pretty much what I did in my classroom, I did on my own. Most of the time, what happened in that classroom was between me and my students. And I either got results or I didn't get results, and then something else would be changed. And then every school was kind of unique, and then every district's a bit unique, and they all work fairly independently. This new system is really built around county offices now are part of a team with the district. CSS, uh, CCE, some of the other organizations, CD, are all part of a larger team trying to figure out what individual districts need. That was Tom Armolino, the executive director of the CCEE. And as Armolino pointed out, county offices of education play a key role in the state's new system of support, which again is a big component of California's school accountability system. For example, the state just created what's called geographic lead agencies, which are teams of subject matter experts located within county offices of education within seven regions of the state. Now, these teams will provide targeted support to districts based on local needs. We wanted to spend some time with a couple of county superintendents whose offices have been selected as these so-called geo-lead agencies. David Gordon is superintendent of the Sacramento County Office of Education, and Karen Monroe is superintendent of the Alameda County Office of Education in the Bay Area. I started out by asking Superintendent Monroe how challenging it is to just keep up with all the changes in public education in the Golden State. I definitely feel the challenge of it. There is so much new, so much new. I mean, starting with the state standards as they were rolled out, Um, That seems like a distant memory now, and that was only a few years ago that we rolled out new standards, and from that, a a new test, uh, and then from that, a new accountability system. So it can be dizzying to think about the number of things that we have had to adjust to and make sense of. It's deep work, and it's going to be ongoing deep work. Yeah, I I would agree with Karen, and and I think if there are, are a couple of things that characterize where we are now different from the past. Number one, it's the focus on solutions come from the bottom up. They rarely come from the top down. And number two, that the focus on coherence and professional capacity, meaning professional development and learning, we have to become better learning institutions in order to improve our work and improve student outcomes and student performance. And I think we're set up now to really do that in in a much more coherent way. I wanted to see if you could explain how county offices of education now play a really pivotal role in helping local districts get back on track academically within this new um, state system of support, which is the state's new school accountability system. The county superintendent is the first line of delivery for the assistance coming coming from the state. So I want to give a lot of credit to the state officials 
who help put together the system of support because it's a much more coherent approach to helping districts than we've had in the past. And in doing that, I think the county-district relationship is really crucial. The county offices, in most cases, have a strong relationship with, with their school districts and are in a position to understand their needs, their individual situations, because districts are very, very different from one another, and the way, the way they would uh, need to be assisted uh, is, is going to differ. And how do you build that relationship? I mean, how does that even work from your point of view? What, what needs to happen? So I don't think that there's, uh, you know, four easy steps to building a relationship with your districts. It's something we talk a lot about as county superintendents because I think in, I'll say decades past, that you actually could, in a much more straightforward accountability frame, um, just have more limited touch points with your districts and still fulfill your responsibilities. Now, because of the multiple touch points that we must have and those that we should and want to have, it's not optional to have a, um, an ongoing working relationship. So we take very seriously that kind of relationship, which means beyond the monthly meeting with our superintendents. It's phone calls, it's visits, so it takes effort, and uh, it takes, it's an art as well, just as any human relationship uh, would require, this one does too. And I can speak for myself, the fruits of it are really critical when things get tough and you have to have those difficult conversations. If you have a relationship, that goes a lot easier. Superintendent Gordon, you mentioned coherence and how the system of support has brought a new level of coherence to California's public education system. Why is that so important from your perspective? Well, the fact is we throw a lot of things at our school districts, do this, do that, uh, install this program, get rid of that program. And very often we forget that it, it's like a big funnel it all funnels down to one person in a classroom, and, and that's the teacher. And unless and until we make it coherent for the teacher, they're going to say, wait a minute, I can't absorb all this. Let me just go back to my teaching. So if, if we want the initiatives we're making to have the, the effect that, that we want, we really have to make it coherent and understandable to a classroom teacher. I, I like to think of it as saying, we should be working upward from the bottom of the funnel and starting with the teacher and framing our initiatives around how do we explain to that person how all of this will be of help to you mm -hmm. and how it all fits together. And with all of the things we're seeking to do, and we should be seeking to do all of those things, the eight state priorities, uh, it's, it's a challenge to do it in a way that speaks to a classroom teacher and by extension, to the parents because that's their point of contact in the system. So it's it's a challenge, but I, I really think it can be done. And I think this system of support puts us on a path to figuring out how to do it. Something created under uh, this new system of support are geographic lead agencies, which have been kind of nicknamed as geo-leads. And um, they are subject matter experts within a county office of education within seven regions of the state that are really tasked with building the skills of other county educators and district officials to improve teaching and learning. Um, the geo-lead 
concept is a little difficult to describe to someone outside of education policy circles. How do you describe it and, and try to break it down for, for folks within your county? Well, I think it's all about trying to help our counties build the capacity to better serve our school districts, which by extension will then help them be better able to serve their, their young people. The geographic leads are, are important. I think it will all work. But uh, good leaders need followers, and so I think we have to sell the system to all of our colleagues uh, around the state, and, and we have to make the case to them why the leadership of seven or eight uh, county offices is, is going to be important and helpful in building their capacity to do their work more effectively. Mm -hmm. How do you describe it? So I think we're very much uh, making sense of that right now. Something that we talked about in a, a recent meeting that we had was the fact that we need not to talk about the geo leads separate from the system of support. So it is a vehicle by which these supports will be delivered. And it's a construct. It's a way of approaching it. And at this point, it's a premise that's been put forward that's not been tried before that we really need to add detail to, we need to figure out actually how it's going to work. So when I talk to people about it, at this point, what I'll say from my context, you know, David, may be different for yours. I'm not talking a ton about it yet on the ground um, because there are still elements of it to be figured out. So it's, it's occupying a lot of the conversations for county superintendents, but I haven't, for example, made an agenda item for my district superintendents to talk about all the elements of the geographic lead in those resources. That will come. But right now, um, I think people know that it is there, it's developing, and we're really figuring out how we're going to work together with it. So is it safe to say there'll be a lot of growing pains in the new year? You know, I've, I've said this many times in, in working in education for as long as I have. Uh, educators are very, very kind thoughtful, caring people whose biggest skill, I think, is working together and working working collaboratively, and, and that's how we approach it. We'll, we'll, figure, we'll figure it out with our colleagues, and, and not forgetting there's 58 of us who all share the same mission and are working working really, really hard. So the 58 will, will, work, will find ways to work together and get it done because that's their mission. They're mission-driven. That, that's why they're in, the, in this business. And, and uh, it's, it's so encouraging to see the state recognizing that coherence is important, the state recognizing that we've got to have a way of collaborating to get the work done. And, and I'm very, very optimistic about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'd say that, uh, you know, following the line of what uh, educators possess that really helps build this work, you know, the, the most highly skilled educators are also extremely good listeners and can respond to what they're hearing. So I think uh, where we are now is listening to our county colleagues because the system of support or the geographic leads are also designed to build county capacity and support districts and build district capacity. So listening to our colleagues and saying, you know, this is how this was set up, but actually what I need is this. Or if we could do it this way, it would be supportive. So that's going to be, at least for me, in my particular geographic area, listening to um, what is most needed. Uh, what we've heard a lot of our colleagues say is that they've done 
um, a lot of um, asset mapping, some informal, some formal, to see, okay, as this collective of counties, what strengths and assets do we possess? Where do we not possess a particular skill and need to reach out to get that? And then really understanding, okay, as a collective, here's our value proposition, here's how we're going to um, bring some others to the table and then move forward. That's something we do all the time as county superintendents. It's what informed me as I became a new superintendent of what I needed to be doing. What do our districts really need? You know, actually, we don't have any districts that have this particular issue, so it's not where we're going to focus, but we have several that, uh, you know, across our districts have some persistent issues. So um, really listening well and figuring out how the system can be set up in a way to respond to the needs and concerns that we're hearing. And Superintendent Gordon, final thoughts? New structures are, are often... Uh, uh, are often a little frightening to people, and that that's a process. It's a it's a work in progress, and uh, and we'll get there because I think everybody shares the same goal. We want and we need to make this system work as well as we possibly can, particularly for our most underserved kids. Equity has to be the touchstone of everything we do because our our state, the future of our state, depends upon it. That was David Gordon, Superintendent of the Sacramento County Office of Education, and Karen Monroe, Superintendent of the Alameda County Office of Education in the Bay Area. Their offices have been selected to serve a key role within the system of support as geographic lead agencies. The new year brings lots of new possibilities, a fresh start, a time to reflect on goals and things to accomplish. So this may be a time when educators are considering what kind of new skills or knowledge they want to acquire in 2019. Well, the CCEE has you covered. We're offering a variety of free professional learning opportunities on all aspects of local control, from Dashboard 101 to data and evaluation for student subgroups. I sat down with Michelle Magyar. She's Senior Manager of Continuous Improvement at the CCEE, and she gave us a preview of the trainings in the new year and highlighted the new CCEE toolkits that will complement each and every training. Michelle, what do you hope attendees get out of these trainings? Yeah, well, first and foremost, we want them to have information that's accurate and timely. Um, so the last couple of years, you know, we've been in this development phase of the accountability and continuous improvement system. And so the intent is really to provide the most up-to-date information that LEAs can use um, and repurpose at the local level for their own trainings. Um, we've been focusing on this collaboration at the county office level that then supports district administrators and staff responsible for providing technical assistance. And we're hoping that it really reaches down to the school site level as well. You know, our intended audience is defined in statute as a local agency um, personnel responsible for providing the technical assistance. But we offer it to everybody. It's open to the public. And, um, you know, we have a pretty robust listserv that communicates these training offerings. So we, we see um, participants that range from parents, teachers, board members, community members. And we hope that it's just information that's relevant and can be used. 
For someone who hasn't attended one of our trainings, let's give uh, folks a little understanding of what they're like. Here's one of our trainings, um, a recorded webinar here from our most recent one, which was called Make It Meaningful, Authentic LCAP Stakeholder Engagement. And you'll be hearing from Daniel Thigpen. He's the Communication and Community Engagement Director for the Folsom Cordova Unified School District, and he helped us develop this particular webinar. So the first things that you need to be thinking about are assessing the culture for engagement in your school system. That's going to impact what kind of strategies for success that you actually select. And it also will help you figure out as a team, you know, what are your ambitions? Are you going to be a little bit more selective and maybe take some incremental steps forward? Or are you going to go big or go home and do everything that you heard today? So, so there's um, been really two trainings thus far in this academic year, one on the Dashboard for Alternative School Status program and one about authentic LCAP stakeholder engagement. Um, but there's many more. And so I wanted to get a sense of, you know, what is the you know professional development lineup for the CCEE in the new year, 2019? Right. Starting off in January uh, on the 24th um, from 1 to 2.30 p.m., we have increased or improved services. So this this module is designed to support uh, LEA staff responsible for filling out the local control and accountability plan. And in particular, there's a section where they need to designate the increase or improve services for students um, that have been identified by the local control funding formula. This module will provide an overview of that requirement, but then also additional kind of protocols and handouts. And so it's intended to support how to engage stakeholders in a meaningful discussion on how actions and services are increased or improved for the unduplicated pupils. And after that? After that, we have one on January 29th from 10 to 11.30, and this is our, our classic Dashboard 101. And so right now, we have a new redesign of the dashboard, much more user-friendly navigation features. Um, the information that's presented has been updated in terms of the state and local indicators. So we're pretty excited to have a couple of county offices share their perspectives on the changes. Um, representatives from the California Department of Education will be providing a live demonstration during this module. And we will have specific examples and handouts on how LEA can you know basically communicate the changes to the dashboard and how to use these data to improve um, pupil outcomes so we're pretty excited about uh, that module so that is in the month of January and by the way you can find all this information out on our website at ccee-ca.org um, that's also where you can subscribe to our listserv so you can begin receiving training updates and details um, so now in February there is a budget transparency training and a data evaluation for student groups training tell us about those modules budget transparency and that's scheduled for February 21st from 10:30 a.m. to about 12 p.m. and this is really intended to provide an overview of a new requirement in the local control and accountability plan it's a summary table that LEAs are required to complete that provides a budget overview for parents so this is a new feature brand new so you know you have the new requirements but then you also have the expectations around how to basically front load parents to have a meaningful discussion on the budget and have it be a more transparent process so we're going to be focusing on that 
Then we have data and evaluation. This is scheduled for February 27th from 12 to 3.30. And this module is going to focus on the new state indicator, chronic absenteeism, and student populations in particular, probably uh, foster youth. So it's, it's more of an equity perspective on data and evaluation and really kind of featuring kind of the equity report that you see in the dashboard. One of the new additions I, I would say that the CCEE is offering this year is this idea of toolkits with every module or, or every training. Can you talk a little bit about um, why that is and the importance of these toolkits, what role they play you know, in supplementing the trainings? Yeah, so the toolkit is intended to be a comprehensive collection of resources on a particular topic. In the past, we would have just done the online training or in some cases an in-person training, and that would be it. Um, this is intended to be a more robust, comprehensive set of material that's developed over time that we come back to and refresh and update or add to. Uh, and so the toolkit concept really came out of the need to provide more than just presentation slides on a particular topic that we need to start building out additional handouts or a podcast that can explain maybe how something is actually applied at the local level. And I will be the host and producer of those podcasts. So why don't we hear a little snippet from one of the most recent podcasts. This complemented the training for the Dashboard Alternative School Status Program that we held earlier this year. And as you said, it profiled uh, Kern County's attempt to troubleshoot problems within their alternative education programs. Okay, so again, just re please remember that we are all here for the benefit of children. That's Lisa Gilbert, the county's assistant superintendent of instructional services. She's leading a meeting with folks from the county's alternative education programs. They meet consistently throughout the year as they cycle through this process. Today, Gilbert is helping them analyze actions which they plan to take at specific school sites in order to bring about change. Now, if you remember at the beginning of the story, we took you to North Kern Community School. Educators from that school are here today, like Principal Kimberly Herrera. She says at first, this process seemed a bit overwhelming. Everybody came home exhausted. It is such a makes you think like you've never used your brain before. It made us think about things, but it was good for us. You know, it was good for us to really look at our program, to look at the needs of the students and evaluate that and come up with a, you know, a, a problem of practice that we can actually focus on. That was from a podcast episode featured in the CCEE's DAS Toolkit, which you can find online by going to ccee-ca.org, and you'll find it under Training and Materials. Michelle, you know, there's so many um, varieties and opportunities of professional learning out there. What makes CCEE's offerings any different? And you said this, this kind of intentional collaboration with agencies is a big part of it. Yes, absolutely. Um, we have content development partners, so we are not developing the content um, in isolation. We facilitate a process of project management. We contribute to the content development, but it's really working with our partners to make sure that we get kind of a broad-based perspective um, on the needs of the field. And the other piece that I think might be unique 
um, to our training is that we do have a review process where we do take the content that's intended to be presented um, for these trainings, and we have a robust uh, group of reviewers that represent all different perspectives, um, kind of taking an initial pass at this content before we um, present it. The other thing that we do that might be a little bit different and unique is that we have a, a fairly robust um, survey process where participants can respond to a survey immediately following the training and then about six to eight weeks later we have a follow-up survey and we're trying to get a sense of how the material is being accessed and used over time and all of the the feedback that we receive from these survey responses are used to then kind of upgrade or refresh the training materials so we're engaging in a continuous improvement cycle ourselves well thank you so much michelle for all that information you're welcome thank you for having me That was Michelle Magyar, Senior Manager of Continuous Improvement at the CCEE. You can find out about each and every CCEE training by going to our website. That's also where you can register for trainings, download our free toolkits, as well as subscribe to our listserv for updates. Just go to ccee-ca.org and click on the Training and Materials tab. And that's a wrap for this, our first episode of the new year. To listen to past episodes, subscribe to our podcast, The California School Field Trip. You can find it on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to also check us out on Facebook and Twitter. Our handle is at CCEECA. I'm your host, Anna Tentoklis, Senior Manager of Outreach and Communications for the CCEE. Thank you so much for listening, and happy 2019.